Welcome to our regular episode of BusinessWise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. We have covered a number of triangles so far in this podcast as they relate to management and to life itself. There are many triangles that influence us and improve our understanding of livingness. Another thing that you as a listener may have discovered if you've been following business-wise is that truth and workability often operate in a contradiction to, quote, conventional wisdom, end quote, and what current society seems to be promoting as the right way to live or go about things. When you think about it, that only stands to reason. If what is being promoted in society today was so workable, wouldn't we have a more workable society? I mentioned in the virtual conference I just completed for the Effective Management Association, I think I did anyway, uh, that it seems like one would be better off just doing the exact opposite of what the culture is currently promoting, and you would be better off than going along with popular trends. Today's episode is certainly going to run into the teeth of what you have probably been led to believe, but hang in there and hear this all through, and I think you will discover some truths that will make a dramatic change, not only in the prosperity of your enterprise, but the quality of your life. The title of today's episode is The Games Triangle. So obviously, we will be discussing games. Let's start with the definition. The following is derived from various sources from Mr. Hubbard. I will say, as I have said so often, the best introduction to the fundamentals of the Hubbard management system is contained in the book, The Problems of Work. And if you haven't read it yet, or have not read it recently, I do not believe you can cover this book too often. I think I might be up to my 18th read by now. Uh, This book thoroughly covers the subject of games, and much of the following definition is from that book. If you don't know where to get a copy, just write me at info at wiseeastus.org, and I'll make sure you you get a copy. It's definitely something, uh, if you haven't read it, you need to read it. If you've been following these podcasts and you have been learning and you've been enjoying what you've been learning, then... It's definitely time to read that book. And if you've read it before, as I said, I don't think you can read it too often. But anyway, here we go with a definition of a game. Quote, a contest of person against person or team against team. Any state of beingness wherein exists awareness, problems, havingness, and freedom, separateness to some degree. A game consists of freedoms, barriers, and purposes. It is an activity engaged upon by two or more live beings in order to maintain their interest and communication in life. The highest activity is playing a game, end quote. As Mr. Hubbard says, a game is engaged in to maintain interest and communication in life. Take a look at life. And you will see you have different games going on. And they're legitimately games. Some of them are pretty good. Some of them are pretty bad. But they all have these three qualities in common. Freedoms, barriers, and purposes. Because they are vital to interest and communication, you could say that any being must have a game. I mean, if they have any interest in life, if they have any communication going on in life, they have some sort of a game going on. Even the game of not having a game is a game. 
I remember one time uh, as a as a teenager, uh, there was a magazine. I remember reading an article about a guy who made wanted to make his career to do nothing. And uh, I remember reading the article and thinking to myself, man, he has to work pretty hard at doing nothing. And it was a full description of how he spends his day and how he makes it go, how he makes it work. That's, that's a game. I wouldn't call it a very engaging one, but one that obviously was engaging to him. So you look around, uh, whether the person's aware of the fact they're playing that game or not, there is a game going on. Every individual is, is playing games because it's a, it's a vital component to living this. It's what gives it interest and communication, a purpose for communication. You've got a game. So that said, it would make sense to thoroughly understand games since that is what beings must have in order to uh, justify existence. All right, so let's just examine these three qualities. He says a game consists of freedoms, barriers, and purposes. Let's just analyze this and see if that is so. Okay, now I remember my brother invented a game. I can't remember what he called. Oh, yeah, he called it alternative hockey. And one of the rules of the game was that no one would keep score. Now, uh, it was a terrific game. We all played it. Uh, we're all Canadians, so anything to do with a... We actually used walking sticks, I think, as, a, as our hockey sticks and a inflated ball. It was actually a blast. And, you know, you could have masses of people play it on a big pitch or field. But I never played that game where somebody, some of the more competitive amongst us, didn't start figuring out a way to at least covertly keep score. Uh, that was one aspect of this game that just didn't seem to work because if there was no way to win, there would be no purpose for that game. So sooner or later, a bunch of the macho guys would come up with, or macho women for that matter, uh, very competitive, would come up with a way to keep score one way or the other so that someone could win So that because otherwise it was a game without a purpose. So any game you're going to play, there's going to be a purpose there of one form or another. Okay. Now, one could also contemplate uh, freedoms and barriers. Let's say we had a game with no freedoms and all barriers. That wouldn't be much of a game. It'd be like playing a soccer game with uh, cement blocks on your feet. There's just the barriers are overwhelming and they're not enough freedoms. You have to have some freedoms and you have to have some barriers. You know, you can imagine playing, again, uh, on a soccer pitch with no boundaries and, uh, well, no other, no opposing players. And that would be a pretty dull game. You say, well, there's unlimited freedom. We can score as many goals as we want because there's no opposing team. So how long will we be engaged in that game? How long will we maintain interest and communication in that game? So there obviously has to be a balance of freedoms, barriers, and purposes for any game to exist. Your business is a game. You have purposes for your business. If you don't, man, you're, you're in trouble. That's, 
you can just stop this podcast right now and start working out your purposes. You obviously have barriers. You know all about those. You know, you've got competition, you've got uh, tax to pay, you got rent to pay, you got this, you got that. You got employees who uh, don't understand their jobs. You have, you know, different elements, uh, barriers. And of course, you have freedoms. Otherwise, why would you do it? I mean, you know, you have your paycheck, you have your uh, ability to, uh, you know, take some time off and have some uh, great friendships and camaraderie. There's different freedoms related to that game. So you got freedoms, barriers, and purposes related to your enterprise. Your enterprise is a game. It is, it's, not, it's not correct to make it an analogy. It actually is a game if you consider that a game consists of freedoms, barriers, and purposes. And the more you are aware of the fact that you're playing the game, the more uh, fun the game becomes. If you're uh, unknowingly playing a game, it can be quite miserable. So lesson number one from this episode would be view your enterprise as a game. Okay, but now let's uh, go into what Mr. Hubbard refers to as the game's triangle. What is this now? The triangle, of course, is three elements of something, each which influences the other two. So Mr. Hubbard says here, and this is from a lecture from the 1st of February, 1957, and he says, a game is composed of freedom, barriers, and purposes. And we've got one of these trick triangles like the ARC triangle. Now, uh, we talked about the ARC triangle in an earlier episode, episode 31, Groups and Agreement. So if you need a review, affinity, it's the ARC triangle. The A stands for affinity, R stands for reality or agreement, because what we agree is real is real. And C is for communication. And if you want to understand that ARC triangle better, of course, you can read the book Problems at Work because it's in there too, but uh, you can also review that episode. But anyway, he says it's one of these trick triangles, quote, you increase any corner of it, you increase the other two corners. Increase two, and you certainly increase the third. That's a highly selective triangle, and it works. Whammity bam. Oddly enough, in games, there is a singular triangle. It's freedom, barriers, and purposes. Uh, you might want to sketch that on a piece of paper so you really have the mass of it. Just take a look at that. You got a triangle there. One corner you got freedom, the other corner you got barriers, the other corner you got purposes. Okay, that's your games triangles. Mr. Robert says, oddly enough, in games, there is a singular triangle. It's freedom, barriers, and purposes. You increase somebody's freedom, you increase his barriers and purposes. How about that? You increase his barriers, you increase his freedom and purposes. You increase his purposes, and you increase his freedom and barriers. And that's the wildest looking thing you ever studied. End quote. All right. So... First of all, let's contemplate these three things, all right? You have a game. Your enterprise is a game. And it's made up of freedoms, barriers, and purposes. So consider your affinity or liking for your purposes. You probably feel pretty good about your purposes. That's why you started the business in the first place. You've got a certain purpose. You've got several purposes, perhaps, that you want to accomplish. And you probably have a pretty high affinity for those purposes, okay? 
And uh, I would certainly imagine you enjoy your freedoms, you enjoy your friendships, you enjoy your uh, the income that comes from it and the ability to move around that you get as a result of your enterprise and the, the relationships you create and the communications that you create and so forth and the way that you can support your family. So most people have quite a bit of affinity for their freedoms. Now let's talk about your barriers. I can already sense that you don't, you're not that crazy about your barriers. But think about that for a minute. If you love your game and the game is made up of these three factors, wouldn't it make sense that you love all three factors? Like, what kind of a game would it be if you really enjoyed your freedoms, you really enjoyed your purposes, but you hated your barriers? Okay, right there, you've put a twist into your game. I remember one of my favorite films is a Clint Eastwood movie where he talks about, it's called, uh, I think it's called Every Which Way But Loose. And he's a street fighter and a bare knuckle fighter, actually, not a street fighter, but a bare knuckle fighter. And uh, he's very good at what he does. And one of the things that uh, really motivates him is he seems to really enjoy getting hit. Like the more he gets hit, the more intensely he fights. And I would say in any sport, if we would just use, uh, you know, any sport that involves uh, any kind of physical contact, uh, you better enjoy getting hit because if you don't, you would have a hard time enjoying the game. So, you know, you can get flattened by somebody and get up and sort of shake your head and say, boy, that was a good one, man. Uh, you know, and, it, and it's like, that's all part of the game. So what's the sense of selectively loving your game? It'd be like, how would you uh, how do you think your spouse would feel if you said, I selectively love you? There's there's aspects of you I really love and there's aspects of you I really don't love. And um, he or she might feel a little bit upset about that kind of a communication. No, you, you know, you love your game and your game is made up of freedoms, barriers and purposes. You know, you want to love it, love the whole thing. You want to love your spouse, love the whole thing. You, 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 it's maybe not the greatest analogy, but you get the idea. That also ties into this game's triangle, because if you are not crazy about your barriers and uh, you're resisting those barriers, well, he's saying here, he says, you increase somebody's freedom, you increase his barriers and purposes, you increase his barriers, you increase his freedom and purposes, you increase his purposes and you increase his freedom and barriers. So if you're, if you're constantly avoiding barriers and you're trying not to increase your barriers constantly, well, guess what? You're not increasing your freedom either and you're not increasing your purposes either. Okay? Wow. That probably rattled you a bit. You know, it rattled me the first time I listened to it. You got to work it out. So let's talk about a small game. Okay. Let's talk about I, all I want is enough freedom to watch as much television as I want to. Wow. That's, that's not a very big purpose. And the barriers to that are pretty small. I mean, anybody pretty much, you, you have to work at it in this civilization to starve to death. I mean, you, you know, your the society props you up. They, you can get a two bit job that can sort of, you can 
make do with. You can get Social Security. You can get welfare. You can get there's different ways to survive. It's not that hard. The barriers are not that great. Now, somebody can make a big deal out of these barriers, but they're really not very big if that's your only purpose. Okay, let's examine the freedoms. I have the freedom to watch as much TV as I want. I can come home and watch TV from five o'clock till one in the morning. How much freedom is that actually? Right? I mean, you know, what if the guy wants to shoot off to Paris or wants to go make a bunch of new friends or wants to try something new? There's no freedom there. There's an apparency freedom. There's no freedom there. It's actually very small freedom and very small barriers and very small purposes. That's a small game. Okay. Now, I remember, I think it was maybe the first time I, I was going over this datum with a group in a seminar, and there happened to be an Olympic gymnast in the audience, and he was also an Olympic uh, gymnast coach. And uh, we were talking about freedom, barriers, and purposes, and I asked him, I said, uh, his name was uh, Aureliano. I said, uh, Aureliano, tell me something. Uh, what are the barriers to being an Olympic gymnast? And uh, to compete at that level. He looked at me and he just shook his head. He says, you have no idea. Obviously, you're getting up at like three in the morning. You have to overcome injury. You have to discipline yourself. There are huge barriers. But what about those freedoms? Right? You, you watch the gymnast. Here's our friend who's watching television every night. He's getting as big as a house. Okay, He's got beer in one hand, pizza in the other. And he's watching this gymnast perform and goes, man, I would do anything to be able to do that with my body. That's not true. He obviously wouldn't. He has no purpose for that. That's not his game. How much purpose does it take to get through those kind of barriers to achieve that level of freedom to be an Olympic gymnast? Okay, so you start to see that there's a correlation between barriers and purposes and freedoms. The bigger the barriers, the bigger the freedoms. If you're playing a game right now to build a better world, to do something about society, that's a pretty big purpose, and there are some significant barriers. But what about those freedoms? Examine that. You know, look at people who are striving in that direction. Yeah, they have stresses and strains and, you know, conflict and losses and, you know, What's the big deal about losses? Losses is part of any game. That'd be like saying, look, I, I want to be a boxer and I'll train as a boxer, but can you promise me I will never get hit? You, you don't engage in a game with a perspective that you're not going to have losses because losses is part of the game. What if, you, what if you're winning all the time? That's not a game. I played on a, uh, on a basketball team one time that was so good, we literally beat everybody by 20 or 30 points every game, okay? And there was no game there. It was actually, the game became getting each other. We got very competitive with each other. We got into a lot of fights. It was just, it just there was nothing there. There was no outward challenge. So the challenge had to be, being as we had to have some sort of a game, the game was between each other. Okay, so that team didn't last very long. But I, I, I'm just pointing out that I think losses are horribly overrated as being something grim. 
view your barriers as your hand holds. If you're climbing a mountain, you know, okay, here we have a barrier. How can we wrap ourselves around this thing to take ourselves to the next level of freedom? Okay. Now, if you want to play a game like that, of course, it requires big purposes because barriers, yeah, they take work. But why not love them? Why not embrace them? Because you're embracing the game, embrace all aspects of that game. So an interesting uh, triangle. He says, oddly enough, in games, there is a singular triangle. It's freedom, barriers, and purposes. You increase somebody's freedom, you increase his barriers and purposes. You increase his barriers, you increase his freedom and purposes. You increase his purposes, and you increase his freedom and barriers. And that's the wildest looking thing you ever studied, L. Ron Hubbard. Big beings need big games. Make no mistake about it. And don't be discouraged by the magnitude of barriers. Um, thrive on them. Embrace them. Bring on more barriers. Because at the end of it, of course, you'll have to ramp up your own purposes and the purposes of the people around you. But on the other side of that, huge freedoms. Makes it all worthwhile. So uh, don't settle for the small games. Take on the big games. Don't be afraid of the barriers. And um, I think you'll find life and your enterprise becomes much more fun and much more interesting. And there'll be a lot more communication in and around it, high-level communication. And I think you will see not only expansion for your company, but as I said earlier in this podcast, a, uh, an enhancement of the quality of your life, which is just as important. Okay, so uh, that wraps up this one, Games Triangle. Hope you found it interesting. Please do send us your feedback, info at wiseeastus.org. Also, if you would like a copy of the book, Problems of Work, write us at info at wiseeastus.org. If you have questions or any kind of origination about this podcast or any earlier episodes, write us at info at wiseeastus.org. I'll also make a plug for the, the virtual conference I just did for the Effective Management Association. I think it's still available. Uh, there's a link on the homepage if you want to watch that. It was on leadership. It was, I think my portion was about an hour and a half. And um, you'll probably get something out of that also if you haven't taken it in yet please feel free to do so. And that wraps us up for this week's episode of Business Wise. Talk to you next week.